1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Heart in Hand, the Rangers podcast, the podcast of the Champions. Rangers, of course, secured our 55th league title at the weekend with a 3 0 victory over St Mirren. Celtics' failure to beat Dundee United on Sunday meant that they can't catch Rangers. Don't worry, you haven't gone to sleep and woken up in May. Yes, we've won the league in March. In March, for goodness sake. Joining me to discuss this, and by the way, folks, right at the start, I'm just going to tell you that this is just going to be a lot of people cyber hugging, whooping, and talking about how wonderful it is to be a bear. So, if that's not your thing and you want cold analysis of the game, there's maybe not the best place to be today. But joining me, first of all, legendary sad bus convener, Mr. Andy McGowan. Hello,
3: folks. Drinks are on me
1: Would you even have allowed people to sing on On Sunday
3: uh, As I said to one of my members I'd have been setting up the lines myself <laughs>
1: <laughs> By the giggle you'll know that joining me Is the Livingston Lothario himself Cammy Bell Back on heart and hand talking about A Rangers
2: League win David uh, yeah. ten, well, ten, years ten, years, 10 years ago But uh, we are still here, we are the champions And we are back in our rightful place
1: Also joining us today is Heartland legend Ian Hogg
0: The earliest league win, David, since 1902 Put that in your fucking pipe and smoke it
1: And bravely, bravely with the the spirit of a Presbyterian Climbing out of his deathbed today Oh no, he's, he's not getting anything serious, folks But it's hangover did look terminal earlier it's martin ramsey
4: thanks for that david uh, pleasure to be
0: on what
1: is it is it really a pleasure to be on or are you really
0: <laughs> uh, it is a pleasure in my heart i'm dancing <laughs> braver braver than john kennedy yeah.
1: braver than, than, than john kennedy yes uh guys andy i'll start with you i have tried this weekend to put this into some sort of context. I've tried to get the logical part of my brain working, all of that. I haven't been able to. This has just been raw emotion. Um we said last week that, that Cami and I said on Thursday that we thought it was this weekend. That we just felt it was in the air. But even so, although we've kind of mentally been preparing ourselves for this really I think since January it it still feels Bigger than anything I've ever experienced following Rangers, and I've seen some big things in my time.
3: It's like being in a dream, and I know that sounds really cheesy, but this season has just been—I I, couldn't—I couldn't have written it. And this weekend has just been one of the best weekends of my life. I, I'm absolutely exhausted because it must have been the adrenaline for three days. The first of all, in anticipation and then in realisation, I'm, I'm absolutely buzzing, and I have been for days, and it's just a culmination of so much pain, so much pent-up anxiety, frustration, hopelessness, and then we've seen glimpses in the last three years where we, we've been taking steps, and we've been taking steps, and we feel it, and then it's not quite happened, and then the League Cup final, things like that, but I, I, I know you guys have, because we, we obviously speak quite often and we, we talk about how we're feeling. I've just known that since the moment Stephen Gerrard walked in those uh, main entrance that this only ended one way. I knew it way, way back, but Gerrard was the one that made it happen and I knew it only it was ever going to end one way. The 10 in a row thing can of put a wee bit of a dead stop on it, to be honest but this is just, this is beyond my wildest Streams, even the reaction, and and it's just, I can't put out any words, I'm mean, the same as you, David, I'm I'm utterly, on cloud nine, and I don't want it to end.
1: Yeah, don't worry, we're all up there with you. Um, Cammie, it it's an extraordinary event, even in the annals of our club, with its incredible history, this is something special. A hundred
2: percent, and, I think you know as we we look back and you know, we've talked about the stats, we've talked about the clean sheets and stuff as well. To to have conceded two goals at home all season is ridiculous, and to only concede nine across the, the domestic league format again equally ridiculous. And the other icing on the cake in this as well is we've we've still got a very good possibility of progressing into the the uh, through the last sixteen of Europe as well. It's crazy. It's absolutely mental. But We've won the league with two two, old firm games to spare. Um, we have a series of glorified fl- uh, friendlies now, apart from those, probably those two old firm games where I just want to turn them over as much as I possibly can. And the Scottish Cup, that's ridiculous. And you're sitting here and it's the clocks haven't even changed yet. So I think you've got to give huge credit to everyone involved at the club. Those who are, are, are away from the club now in terms of Dave King, he's pretty much the architect of everything that we're enjoying so far today to guys who have been able to come on to the most recent turn reform like alfredo morelos and ryan kent in the last few weeks this has been a process which has been gradual and we've had to put patience in it and we're not well renowned for that but we've had to stick by it and we've had to allow that the opportunity to to come to fruition um and we've absolutely blown the walls off the place david and it's great because you, you know that Detractors will turn around and say, oh, Celtic imploded. And blo- this is none whatsoever to do with Celtic. This is about us setting a standard and absolutely mauling them whenever we had a possible opportunity because of our relentless performances. Not just in Old fun games, but across the board. Um, and everybody connected with the club, from the, the players, the staff... The guys in the various different departments, everybody has been pulling in one direction now as well. And it's absolutely phenomenal to see the the success return back to us.
1: Hoggy, you're a, a father. And what has this been like for you to be able to, you know, you were there in 87, um, you know, on the other side of that, if you like. Um, what's it been like for you as a dad to experience this with, with your kids who have had this terrible period throughout their childhood?
0: I think I've been more emotional than them, David. Um, <laughs> I, I, and uh, you've seen that journey. You've seen that journey through the first Old Firm win. Um, and then we we crumbled. Um, you might remember back to that day. I, I was, everyone was euphoric. I was strangely, not subdued, but just trying to drink it all in. And that's been that's been the past few weeks. I mean, this has been weeks in coming. You know, it's such an odd uh, feeling yesterday that we've only played 32 games. There's still six games to go. We're, you know, tracking over 100 points. That's incredible. This is, can't be right, this is about us. No right for any of us to be nervous yesterday. I'm pacing the room. I'm wanting to win After with 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 Celtic not winning. I wanted the title yesterday and all of this, this stupid pandemic you know, t- uh, scenario is it's unbelievable but it also means that you can't see a lot of people so I've not seen my daughter in weeks and weeks and months uh, I haven't seen my dad except none of us have but we all stay in touch and we get to yesterday we get to Saturday first and foremost and Saturday felt as if we'd won it because you know by and large we had and my wee boys age 9 and 7 they are just gone over the moon um, I tweeted last night a picture of my eldest boy 9 years old Alex with his 6 foot bottle of champagne uh, <laughs> he's, he's inflatable and he's over the moon because it's got 350 odd likes and he's bragging to his classmates about it and he's winding <laughs> up his, the, the 1 or 2 Celtic supporting classmates today on teams and all sorts. They're just drinking it in. The one, the, the the most top moment, David, is when he phoned his granda. Just beyond belief, right? It's it's how I must have been with my dad years ago in 1987. And to see that wee boy talk to his granda and say, granda, did you see the game? And for my dad not to say, of course I saw the fucking game, it was just... <laughs> <laughs> okay. It was. It's honestly, it's been beyond belief.
1: Yeah, that's the kind of thing that they'll they'll not do with a grandkid, but they would have done with a son. Uh, Experience has told me that as well. Martin, you're a, a student of the club and a student of the history of the club, particularly obviously the the, the history that that you've experienced. And unfortunately, mate, we're getting we're getting to that stage <laughs> where we've experienced quite a lot of it. Where does this rank for you in your? many many experiences following the teds uh, emotionally
4: uh, higher than anything it was always going to um when we we were back now where we belonged it wasn't about getting back to the top league um and i know people kind of celebrated understandably and in, in, in 2016 but it was about it's about today um, so, however and whenever that came, it was always going to have an emotional impact that I don't think any of the, the other uh, 17 league wins that I've been fortunate enough to, to see it have, have had. Um, you know, 87 ended a drought, but, you know, you had the League Cup to keep you warm a, a wee bit. Um, 75, obviously, before my time, you know, that ended a drought, but that drought included the European trophy and another final in there as well. Um, this has been a trauma. That, that's, that's the only way to, to really describe the last 10 years. Um, so emotionally, no, there, there's been nothing like it. In terms of the historical significance, we don't know. Too soon. Um, we can only uh, assess that in, in, in a few years to come. Um, if it if it leads to more, uh, or if it's some kind of isolated thing, um, we'll, we'll see. It certainly feels uh, like the, the former at the moment. Um, but want to about the football i I just don't think I've seen a Rangers team like this, and that is not something I could have envisaged talking to you about twelve months ago no because no. they were well they were losers <laughs> they were um bereft of 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 enough confidence to 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 just develop what they had um pretty grim at times and uh, those, those moments and to turn this around and not just to, to kind of, uh, and a, some kind of arm wrestle right to the the, the last day and, and you know getting over the line just about um, the way they have done that the the, the way we've won the league this season is uh, I don't think there's a a a, a comparator and that's that's bizarre um, I, I've got nothing but praise for for the way they've um, they've tackled it um, with a lot of flair at the start and then just managing that winter period the way that we haven't managed the winter before. Manage being the correct word, just not doing too much, and then turning it back up um, at the business end. It's been well paced, well planned. Um, obviously, it's been a weird year because of the no the, 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 the crowds. And it'd, be, it'd be stupid to say that that's not had any impact on it, right? Rangers are a tough, tough old club to play for at the best of times. Um, but what it has done, the behind closed doors thing, is just get rid of all the noise of the circus. And it's only about football. And it was, uh, exemplified at the, the the first Old Firm game, um, that it was just about who's the better coach, who are the better players, who's better drilled, who's fitter, who's got the best plan for today, and that's really what the season's been. Um, and yeah, they, they've executed.
1: Martin, I'll stay with you, but then I just want to open it up, just into a big general discussion. So you know, better than once, once Martin's concluded, folks, let's talk about Steven Gerrard because. It's been a journey, you know, with him. It's been three years now almost. Um, and from I, I watched the video that that I did the first day I arrived, and I said, you know, this this feels like it's not another false dawn. And I mean, personally, I think I invested so much in him that that belief it would have taken a lot to break. Even last year, I wasn't keen on seeing him seeing him go. Um, I never ever got to that stage I got that it was frustrating but I felt he was on the right road and I think I I always felt that there was no there was going to be no manager who would come in and just wave a magic wand and do it, it we'd been we'd been too hurt we'd been too damaged initially and I'd, I I don't know I mean I, I it was a fair accusation people people said that look David, you know you you've just invested too much in him. He's not what you think he is. That's you. It's not him. But even from that, I don't know if I expected this level of turnaround over the last the last twelve months, Martin. It's utterly spectacular.
4: <laughs> this is crazy. Um... I think back to that that day, we, we, we all were on record, weren't we? I'm pretty sure we all chipped in for our, our thoughts on the, 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 the day came up the road. Um, And I, I wasn't as abelian as you, David. I think that's um, well, well documented. Nature's... Yeah. um, uh, I had concerns about, as I do, uh, just in football in general, about megastars um, uh, going to management, megastars having to deal with players that are nowhere near their level. And that frustration we have seen it umpteen times, uh, but what I was always positive about um, was that he was he was big enough to to fill the blazer. He was just he had a presence and a, a an identity that that can be Rangers manager. we have talked umpteen times about this. I don't think Rangers can be led by a coach, for example, uh, and that's all they have. They, they need to be a statesman because this job isn't just about. You know, drills in the training ground. Um, this season, what's most impressive about Gerard is his ability to, to learn and keenness to learn. And um, and not so headstrong, um, well aware of, of where he is in, in this part of his career, also um, right at the very start. Uh, I think we've, we've all noticed, a, a, I think anyway, um, in, in the way he's dealt with... Um, Post-match stuff and, and just general media and uh, duties uh, uh, far more detached, far more controlled, a lot cooler because um, we know that we had it was it swung from extremes uh, before. You know, I I felt he, he he threw players under the bus before, and then he would say things that like, you know he was jealous of Ryan Jack's ability. And um, you know, neither was was really kind of dead on centre this season. Just I've just felt completely different about how he's he's handled that. Um, he allows his team as his backroom team I think to do their jobs and that's that's important Um, you you, you go back to uh, 87 there you know soonest didn't do that work he had Smith to do it. Mm. but he was a presence that was uh, galvanizing um, leading this kind of battered club Um, Sir Alex Ferguson his best work when he had a good assistant, <laughs> because you need people to do different jobs, and you need to do a, a, a kind of more overarching thing, and that's what he's um, that's what he's grown into, I think, this season. And um, he just it's that's the story. Uh, I hope someone writes about it. I know there's a couple of books being um, planned already. Uh, I've seen today, but the, the story of this year, sorry, this last twelve months, and how uh, that that was turned around is I've said. I think on on here before. Possibly one of the most remarkable in the club's entire history.
0: What's also remarkable is 369 days ago, David, he was he was gone. Um, 369 days ago, we were at Ibrox and we lost 1-0 to Hamilton. Um, and that was it, you know. Celtic were miles ahead just a few days before, uh, or the week before, we'd beaten Braga, but then we lost to Hearts in the Scottish Cup. And you remember that oh. interview. Um and I was convinced he was heading out the door, probably of his own choice. Um, and then we hit lockdown, and then they devise a plan, a proper plan with a proper structure. Um, I think Martin's right, absolutely right. He's learned, he's learned in a way I think that soonest maybe didn't at times. Um, all those years ago, Jeff. Gerard has learned, and he's learned from his own mistakes and his own failings, and he has absolute belief in that coaching team that he's got around him, the Michael Beals of this world, etc. Um, and they plotted and they devised. And how many of us got to July and didn't go, holy fuck, look at Nikola Katic. Or, has Joe Aribo eaten himself? Because mm. he's twice the width. Who um, are And, um... <laughs> All we've seen, we, 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 we've gone from an emotional manager or an, an emotional guy who's trying to transition from a player into manager. This season, we have got steely coldness. Um, and that's reflected itself in the park. The, we'll go back to a few weeks ago, Motherwell had won a 1-0 at Ibrox. Uh, that old adage of we wouldn't have won that last season because we wouldn't have. But we kept on going, and we found a way. And He made changes, and he made the right changes. That's all the stuff that he's learning, David.
1: Andy, on that, on his development and his growth as a manager, look, COVID happened, lockdown happened, we understand it. Was there an element of... that gave him and the staff the chance... Forced though it was, but the chance to to actually get a wee bit of distance and go, do you know what? We're not that far away here, and realise that okay, things had gone wrong, but we didn't need to chuck the baby out with the bathwater and start again.
3: I think there's a lot of truth in that. The the enforced layoff created breathing space. There's no question about it, and. The, the, the thing you've just said there is the truth we weren't that far away but in the white heat of an old firm battle where you're racing towards either oblivion or you know, utopia, the 10 in a row thing the, the fact was that there was very little margin for error I, I, I mentioned the League Cup final there, that was a, a potential turning point because if you remember we reacted pretty well to it and, and we went on a wee run and then the week after, uh, after Christmas that year we, we kind of fell away, but those kind of reactions told me that there was something building because reacting to to, uh, setbacks is what makes champions, and we were kind of showing resilience at different times, and we were just falling short because, not we was on the part, but what was in the squad, And, and it was always my opinion that we were falling short because we just didn't have the strength and depth, never mind in comparison to Celtic. And we've seen that change this year because we have lost key players and, and not missed a beat. I mean, we won on Sunday, it's Saturday there with Kemar Roof and Ryan Jack. And we've lost other key players. And, and Tavernier, of course, how can I forget him? We've lost other key players at key times and still came through. So that points to a wider um, success story that's beyond Gerard. And whilst Gerard takes applaudits and rightly so, I think we've got to, I mean, Hoggy mentioned the backroom team. We've got an elite backroom team at this moment in time. And I, and I mean that from, from top to bottom, because you've got Jordan Milsom. The players have never been fitter. I've never seen a fitter Rangers team in my life. Nope. Never. And we take it for granted now. We we are a machine, and every one of those players is in such peak physical condition. The Scott Wright story during the week tells its own story. The fact that he's going four kilo of uh, muscle in a short period of time he's been here since he came from Aberdeen. You've then got, I mean, Alexa likes Colshaw, who goes on kind of heralded, but he's a set-piece guru. We've got Gary Mack as well, who obviously gives a different dimension to, to Stephen Gerrard, whether that's a, an old head in the dressing room. And then, of course, we've got Bill, who I think we're starting to see as a special coach. So so you've got that around Gerrard in the, in, in and around the train centre, but I think... And I'm not just saying this because I'm Mr. Kind of finances, but you've, you've got to look at what's above and the backing that the team have had because we're in a COVID situation, which is, is affecting every football club. And uh, the, the noises come through Eyebrooks are such that you wouldn't know there was a COVID. So f- f- the, the club is so stable now. And the people at the top, and we've seen interviews with Douglas Park and John Bennett yesterday, which I was delighted to see because, I mean, they're standing there talking like fans but they're the fans that have kind of along with Dave King and the three bears and everybody else that's put a pen into the Rangers are the ones that have really stabilized the club to allow the environment for this kind of thing to flourish. And I think that when we look back on this in years to come, it's a wee bit of a miracle when you look where we were in 2016 and the things that we were having to contend with back then, the ridiculousness of the gazebo for an AGM, Mm. stuff like that, which just now seems absolutely miles away. And, uh, it, it, it will be looked upon as a as a minor miracle that that a we came through all that and that b so quickly we, we've we've managed to turn turn everything on its head. Um, it's just unbelievable. I, I I really I think we're too close to it just now. I think it will take years for us to look back at the magnitude of this.
1: Cammy, uh, Andy mentions there you know the pain and and whatnot. And for me, I've always felt that we had to emotionally as a support stuff that in a ball and just put it to the back of the mental cupboard until we were ready to process it and maybe now we will be able to do that because otherwise how the hell were we going to get through that
2: yeah and it's you can mention there about the, the the bounce back ability the resilience of the team but the fans have had to have it as well and the false dawns that we probably had in terms of you know new year old firm wins We've obviously mentioned the League Cup final. Even those in the most recent of our history, I mean, the, the, the Scottish Cup semi-final in 2016, but they losing the final. And I think all of us turned around and said, right, well, that semi-final win is historic as it was and will never be repeated. Ultimately, it was meaningless because we didn't go all the way on to be able to try and, and, and win that major trophy. And that's been the thing for us. That's why it feels a lot now, as in we're now back it wasn't about getting back to the Premiership, it wasn't about getting into the top flight and challenging it, it was to win the the the, the SPL and in order to be able to do that we had to win a major trophy in that, in that same regard and we've, we've came close to it in the last five years but those setbacks were so tough to take at the time and I think if anything there's probably been an education, maybe a, a drop of reality a drop of maturity that we've had to go through as a collective support in order to get us to where we are now because it was part of that journey it was about getting so close and being able to be within touching distance of it and that's how you could tell that the process was working and especially under under Gerard and what he's brought in uh, with him and his staff in the last few years he realized that there was milestones that we had to be able to, to overcome in order for that to happen uh you know the 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 beating them at Parkhead for the first time in however many years was a huge thing for us to be able to try and go and do that but it wasn't about that it was about recovering from the League Cup final it was about having to to maintain a real steady amount of focus and I'm glad that the boys have talked about it in terms of that Covid break and and the summer break because unlike other teams our players came back and and some of them were physically changed because of how strong a regime we had with them in that in that break as well. Um, and all of these little things, but able to try and add up and go through that journey together, uh, just gives you that sense now of the fact that we've all had to endure it, we've all had to go through that pain. Um, just to make sure that we can enjoy this moment in the light even more.
1: On that, Ian You know, you and I back in the day were involved, Cammy was as well, Andy was as well. In what might be termed as fan activism, you know, the RST, uh, you with the Blue Order. I feel, and maybe I'm just, you know, an old romantic as I get uh, into my dotage, but I don't think so. I, I feel this is the most together the Ranger support has ever been. And I also feel it's the most connected that we've felt to the club in a long time. And it was almost as if it took that that utter crisis and the realisation of how the rest of the country felt about us to make us realise, hold on, we need to get each other's backs here. And that's not to say that we don't fall out and argue. We do, and we always will, right? You know, the old joke, if you've got 10 Rangers fans on a desert island, you've got 11 RSCs the next day. But it's it's true, though. I mean, I've certainly felt that while we might have a ruck inside our house, when we when we all walk out together, he'll did anybody that, that, that tries with one of us.
0: I think the last 10 years we've realised that we are a big extended family. And we talk about it, you talk the talk, but I think the last 10 years, David, by and large, we've grown up as a support. Um, And I think a football club's grown up eventually as, as a football club and embraced that support. If we go back... 10 years, 10 years ago, uh, 10 and a half years ago, uh, our old pal Martin Bain, I think was it was at Playback, went to get try, try and seek some sponsorship from Rangers and you just went, nah, I wouldn't bother. Um, whereas now, I, I, and previous to that, you know, go back 10 years and Rangers just didn't want to know under Murray in the 2000s. And it created mayhem at times Um, and it created this sense of you know who do you think you are at times of course most of that's gone I think anyway most of Mm. it's gone you still see it from time to time of course you do especially when you know folk are pissed off and in the house it's it's too big
1: a support not to but it's it's inevitable there's there's like you know you follow up with your family from time to time but you know you make back up um whereas before I think there was a tendency to just get entrenched, and and we almost felt that like we were in silos at times back in the nineties and two thousands. It was as if as if the club was just becoming this kind of monolithic corporate thing rather than. And it, don't get me wrong, you know they're doing brilliantly in the commercial side, etc. But but we still feel more like the spirit is there of a football club, and that should be at the cornerstone of every uh, 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 of everything we do. It's simple, really simple
0: from the club down to the support, it's engagement, it's active engagement. I think we've got that. Um, And there's standards there with it. I'll give you an example, um, and I hope he doesn't mind me sharing this, but Michael Beale, who sent a nice birthday message to Alex in July, um, basically saying, you know, trying the hardest for you, we man, get you back in the stadium soon he took time out of his schedule over the weekend to send me a a message so that I could give it to alex and basically tell him, i've not forgotten about you since the summer make sure you celebrate this loud and proud we'll get you back soon he didn't have to do that but he did it off of his own off his own back yeah and for me that's just a measure of standards within our club now you know We mentioned the gazebo and all the rest of it and the crooks and the financial spivs and so on that were raping our club completely. And whilst the regime that we've got isn't perfect, we know that. And I think they would accept that themselves. We've seen constant step change over the past few years. And we're now in a position whereby, I, I feel anyway, the support is together, the club is together. We're actually trying to move forward as one entity. Not a separate entity david but one entity and um and if we it feels stronger for it you compare it against me and my initial meetings to try and launch the blue order in the summer of 2002 i may as well have just been talking to a wall about the benefits of it um they only gave us the tickets because frankly i just pissed them off into it Yourself and Cammy and, and Andy with the Ranger Supporters Trust. Every other week you were talking to wall. they simply did not want to know as a as a football club. But we do now. We reap the benefits if we do. You know, we, we brought out the limited edition champions jersey yesterday, limited to ten thousand. What was about fifteen minutes and ten thousand were gone, so oh shit, we better we better make it twenty thousand. That's Rangers, that's the Rangers support, that's connection, proper connection. Whereas you look across the city and they're at war. They've got civil war after only a few months of a blip and they're bordering on going where we probably felt we were 2014, 2015, um, which is wacky. Really, you know, they've won every bloody trophy going for, for, for a good few years. But we've done this to them. There's that house of cards thing that David, that Dave King talked about. He got roundly ridiculed and laughed at, and it's come to fruition. Like I say, I I think a massive part of that is us all just being as one. Can I just go on something that Hoggy mentioned yeah. there, David? Um,
4: a lot of comparisons, obviously with, with eighty-seven, but you know, David Holmes was uh, quite. Uh, Ruthless, I guess, in, in, in completely changing uh, the, the course of the club when he came in. But everybody there speaks about the, the family feel to the club all of a sudden. Um, he was very, very keen on uh, relationships with everybody. And you've seen and heard, I'm sure, a lot of the players um, make mention of that uh, yesterday. Uh, but the you know the, the the canteen staff and 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 just everybody at the club being part of the one thing we we're talking about unity and, and and having a kind of common purpose. Um, I'm sure Sir uh, uh, Alex Ferguson had said similar <clears throat> that you, you you need to be on terms with just about um, everyone that, that that's there, not just your, the the playing staff. Uh, and obviously that got lost as the, you know the the club expanded and, and football maybe changed a wee bit and it it, it just lost itself. In itself, and that's why you had the problems you did in um, the nineties and two thousands. Uh, but it's no accident; it, it, it's no um, coincidence um, that, that things are back on track on the field because I, th- I think the club um, is just more um, unified, uh, and people understand that everyone has a role to play from from the bottom up. Um, and and yeah. Uh, we we're appreciating everything more obviously um and clearly the 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 history of the 90s and 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 into the the new century was just a club it was just a bit too complacent too fat um too distant detached uh, and clearly breaking apart from within um and having to go through all this uh a lot of people saying it's worth it i'm quite sure of the agree with Mm that it's um you, you, you get what you can out of it, which is appreciation. And none of us here, I, I doubt, will have celebrated a, a, a league title because of that. So uh, that that rebuilding job that, that not just Gerrard but, but but King and, and the three bears before him, um, I, I think it's probably recognised that um, that that every single part of the club needs to be um, fired, or the, the, the thing falls.
1: On that, um, and obviously, I'll, I'll rule it, you know, this talking here about the Spurs because they were just, you know, bastards and they knew what they were doing, and the, that's why the, the, the comparison isn't valid with them. But with Murray, the difference I think between him and, and King and the Three Bales is that uh, I, I know, you know, Park and, and John mm-hmm. Gilligan and uh, um, John Bennett, etc., is that. Dave Murray wasn't one of us, right? And I, I don't mean that in a derogatory way. It's just he wasn't. He didn't. He didn't get it, right? He didn't. He hadn't grown up in it. He, he never felt what we'd felt. It just wasn't his thing. So when he took over at Rangers, when he bought Rangers, he saw the support as another thing that was part of the thing he owned. Yeah. That you know he owned the the stadium and the play the the playing contracts and everything. So don't get me wrong, he did. Uh, I, I'm sure in a way, appreciate the fans, but it was different. It was just sort of like, he didn't see us as any different. We were just another component of this thing that he'd purchased. And Andy, you and I know that from personal experience, that that was kind of how he had no identification at all with the supporters. And, and, you know, he could give a good speech when he had Chik Young in the room, but when you were one-on-one with him, the 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 gap, I'll say... Um, some might call it disdain Was apparent um, And not just you know towards us But more when discussing the fans You just don't get that with these guys Because they are of us
3: And I go back to talking about Park and Bennett and so forth That, that they're no detached enough For the club But they were detached enough Whether that's professionally or geographically To have been out, look outside looking in And I think this is especially so for Dave King, being in South Africa, because I think, especially today in the social media age, everybody, and I mean us, all fans, journalists, any stakeholders that are in any way remotely connected to Scottish football, we get um, swept up in in a total tornado of noise and influence and opinion, and and it's just such a a mess. And I think Dave King, because he was over there, I would like to think that there was an element of serenity and that he could see exactly what was happening. I don't think he he could act as fast as he wanted to. I don't think any businessman in Salt would have bought Rangers with the the, um, potential liabilities lying over them. But I think what he did was he came in with a clear plan and he has executed it. And I've I, I seen the phrase used the other day that he, he, he acted as a lightning rod for me, cashly, which is central to part of getting us back to where we were uh, financially. So there is a difference completely in terms of who is controlling the tiller ultimately at, at Rangers just now. And I think that feeds down and is felt by the average Joe Punter sitting in the stands. Um, and that is why I think we've got this unity, which I totally agree with Hoggy there. I don't think we've Certainly in my time as a Ranger supporter, or an aware Ranger supporter, I don't think we've ever, ever had such a a, a unison voice in terms of moving forward, what we want to happen, how we want it to happen, and trust in, in the people that are making it happen. Uh, and that goes for the football side as well. Now, the football side can turn that up, right? We, I mean, we can we could we could jump forward 12 months on the football side, we could we could have a, a kind of diet Liverpool thing that happened. That, that could happen, right? But I think we are now in such a fantastic place in terms of structure. You look at Ross Wilson; I kind of think a better guy to be running the football side of it. We've got a, a degree of continuity in there that if Jared was to go tomorrow, I wouldn't be as um, uh, kind of panicked as I would have been even 12 months ago because there is a structure, there is a plan in place and we are a, a professional football club, which... Sounds kind of obvious, but there's been loads of times, guys, and you'll back me up on this, where we've no felt like a professional football club. And the last thing I'll say on it is that Martin's talking about how this has happened. The key thing for me is that we've created and we've changed a culture. And anybody that's involved in any form, (laughs) even a bowling club committee has a culture. It's a hard, hard thing to change a culture in such a big organisation like Rangers, big football organisation like Rangers, and what they seem to have have done is that that culture has been driven by making sure that we're lined in the dressing room and we're lined in the boardroom. And that doesn't happen very often at football clubs. Very, very seldom does it happen, but when it does, you kind of get that lightning in a bottle, but there's no guarantee. So again, I go back to what I said earlier on about all these things coming together and whatever the opposite of perfect storm is that's what we've we've managed to capture this season. Um so huge huge credit to every single person that's involved in it. We as fans, I know self-praise is no honour, but we we have to we have to look back on ourselves now the last 10 years and say to ourselves, you know, what else could we have done? We we did our duty. We stood by the club. We went to every ground in Scotland. We bought the season tickets. We didn't buy the season tickets when it was required. There's, I know everybody says great fans of the world, every club thinks their are fans are the greatest fans of the world you can talk the talk, We've had a, unfortunately we had the opportunity to actually have to walk the walk, we have walked the fucking walk <laughs> of all walks and uh, I, I just feel so absolutely grateful and lucky that we are where we are today sitting in this pod talking about it because there's many a night I've put my head in my pillow and this was just a pipe dream
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, there were times where you had to fight off the despair and and sometimes, you know, people have criticised me for being too optimistic, but it was my way of getting through it. Because there were times where the wee voice at the back of your head at 3am was saying, you know, maybe this is it. Maybe that this has just changed our status, barring some sort of miracle, barring somebody coming along with, you know, £500 million we only spend on it. Maybe this is just our place now. And... To avoid being sucked down into that black hole, I've I've kind of kept going, and you know, would come on these pods and say, it'll come, it'll um, and it will happen." I mean, it was faith based. It wasn't always done on on logic. It was it was faith. It was we have to keep going because if you don't keep going, then you stop and you give up, and that we couldn't do. We could try and we could fail. There was nothing wrong in that, but if we didn't try, then there would have been no honor whatsoever in that. And that was why I think it meant so much to every Ranger supporter worldwide yesterday. You know, I, I'm fortunate enough to have friends in New Zealand, Texas, Calgary, etc. you know, getting in touch with me. And it was amazing to just feel connected and part of this, this incredible thing. I'll stay with you, Andy, on this. Uh, we saw celebrations on Saturday and then again on Sunday. Um, taking place at the stadium and then George Square and we've seen uh, a lot of uh, criticism that has tended to come from the ruling party in Scotland and has tended to be on social media rather peculiarly Um, now yes there is a pandemic on and I I certainly wouldn't wish to downplay that but if you don't understand the explosion of joy um, keep your fucking mouth shut
3: yeah, I, I mean it's no surprise, and I, I've got to be honest that it's kind of washing over me. I, I, I don't really care because the people are saying it. Would they give us credit if we had cured cancer yesterday? Probably not. And whilst I, I, I and I don't want to come across here as dismissive, I, I really, really do get the whole thing about there's a pandemic and people. Can all go to see their loved ones, and there's funerals going on where they can't. I can't attend it because it's affected me as well. But I think that um, you're, you're you're trying to argue with human nature here because, and I tried to explain this to somebody the other day that was in fact yesterday that was was kind of on the other side of the argument, and I, I, I kind of gave up because you, you can't unless you're in there inside it and you know what this means. You'll, you'll never know. And, and the, the kind of thing the, the thing I go back with like it's, it's only a game. And I felt like saying, Well, see if you had a passion and you multiply it by 10 and then you entwine it with your emotional well-being and that emotional well-being is probably your entire family. And then you add in that it's the thread that runs through generations of your family tree to the point where um, it's the only thing that's a thread through your family tree, apart from the blood. And then you, you, you think of what's happened to it and folk that were willing it and collectively wanting it to disappear out of your life, and then you think, well, no, actually we've got the last laugh. We have turned this on its head, and all that doesn't account for joy anymore. And actually, the people that wanted to do that are now in their private pain, <laughs> and their worlds collapsed. And your experience, is sent to house. I just I just think you're 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 wishing against human nature there, and. We've got to be very careful how we present this as a club and how we present this as a podcast, to be quite honest with you, because what we don't want to say is, actually, go and do what you want during a pandemic because we're Rangers fans. I not know what I'm saying here. What I'm saying here is that uh, you you couldn't contain it. (laughs) it was a force of nature, and I think, actually, the the Rangers' support, uh, it it would have been us or it would have been them. That is the God's honest truth, and if it had been them... I don't think we would be seeing the same type of um, vitriol or comment because uh, my, my mind's wandered back to the Scottish Cup final against Hibs and I watched my, my players again. I talked to the park. They said a word, not one bit of condemnation. There was kind of half-hearted, mealy-mouthed, kind of shouldn't be doing that, unacceptable scenes, but there was no explicit you know, Hibs supporters or attacking Rangers fans because we were a fair, we're fair game. And, and I've always remembered that, and I've always thought, and we've said it ourselves, we were going about unbearable when this happened. So, you know, I find it very, very hard to get worked up about the people that are saying things about us, and um, I, I want to be stronger in what I'm saying here, but I'm not going to say it in public.
1: <laughs> Martin, I think that Andy's point, and one I would agree with, is it's all right saying what should happen. That would be great if we lived in an ideal world and humans weren't these complicated people who do things that you might not necessarily think is logical. But the reality of the situation was different. And as he said, if it was Rangers or Celtic, then there would have been people out in the streets. The argument I've found particularly distasteful is when Rangers fans point out that there have been other occasions where people have taken to, to the streets during this. Um, they'll say, ah, oh, well, that's different. And it's I'm not sure the virus knows that. Um, I'm not sure the virus knows that, well, actually, the the government consider this okay, but they don't (laughs) consider that okay, um, and and plans accordingly. And you're either against it or you're not. And I think it to me, it sums up a couple of things. One is the the joylessness of the political classes in this country. And for all the talk about empathy with working people, they don't fucking have any.
4: No, you're right. Uh, it's, it's almost as if this isn't really to do with um, the, the the current situation, and it's it's because it's Rangers. Even in a, outside of a pandemic, if if, if we'd won the league, um, I'm sure something would have been wrong with the congregations at somewhere. Um, <laughs> I give you, Andy. It's, it's 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 obviously very difficult, and the whole year has been very difficult. But you're you're literally locking up human. Beings anyway, um, and it, it is just that outpouring of, of, of human emotion um, that is just inevitable. Um, I, I stayed in, but I have you know absolutely no no issues with anyone that, that felt the need um, to be wherever they, to, they 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 wanted to be. Um, it, it's being used as we knew it would, and like Andy, it's, it's kind of washing over me as well. I did. I don't care.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably the the sensible approach to it. Ian, you're a you, you bow to nobody in your admiration of Graham Souness. This one though, this uh, long haired lover from Liverpool that we got this time, is he up there with him now? Oh, not quite. Come on, let's
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, not go nuts, guys. Right? <laughs> um, uh, do you know what? On the previous point, I'm pretty sure Soonis would have told people exactly where to go. Uh, Stephen Gerard might very well yet do that, um, or simply say that they can't recall the incident. That, that seems to be flavour of the month just now. Um, Gerard's. So for me, and of course this is raw emotion. We're, we're, we're still in that moment, David. This is the greatest league title I have ever seen. Bar none. Um, Because the first one, the first one I'd watched my dad kind of struggle with, you know, uh, struggle with what he was watching. I was still a kid, so it was still new and exciting and and raw. Um, Having lived through the past 10 years, this is the greatest, bar none. And uh, I think it was Martin that said, "And the football team, the football that we're playing. It's just wow. Um, But then you've got to go and do it again, haven't you? And that's where, you know, as soon as it got to the end of his second season, we came third in the league. And Martin's said it enough times and time capsules around, um, you know, he sat the squad down and said, so is, is this what it's going to be? Because I'm not up for this. And then we started on the run to nine in a row. Um, that's what we need to follow up. Not necessarily with the league, although can can have the league next season, please. Um, but... Cups now and more old firm wins and, you know, hopefully progression in Europe. Although uh, probably the jury's out if you saw the neck of the players still yesterday. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's what he needs to do next. Steven Gerrard and this squad have have become legends. Legends that will start to enter the Hall of Fame left, right and centre. And so they should. But as the dust settles and we get into the summer it's going to very, very quickly become a, all about next season and the next set of trophies and can we get there? I wouldn't put it past this lot to go and do really well in Europe this season, uh, even better than Europe this season. You know, Martin, you and know, I have talked about it on 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 Pods recently, about, you know, you, they just play with such a freeness yeah. that they could go if they're sober and actually do something and, and, and get to the last day of the semi-finals. They could win the Scottish Cup. That's Football, David. You know, it's all about the become legends, right? Going absolutely make this one of the greatest Rangers sides of all time. I'm
1: agreeing. As soon as only,
4: yeah, sorry, as soon as not only ended something, but he's started something, mm-hmm. and that the second is probably the, the most important. But and yeah, as I said, other time will tell. Uh, but what a foundation we've got here. It's, it's not one of these kind of cobbled together sides that we're kind of hanging on for dear life, and you know they've, they've pulled at all the stops here. Two thousand eight. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Um, quite a few contract issues and decisions to be made, obviously, because we live in the real world and um, we have to sell players at some point. Um, but go back to, to Andy's uh, point about structure and Ross Wilson and just this you kind know, of overarching control that, that just hasn't been there. I'm more hopeful than ever that we, c- we can manage the reality of being a you know a team that plays in Scotland um, in, in, ter- in terms of... of uh, players out the door and, and how to reinvest that um, but yeah what a, what a launch pad he has now
1: Cammy, people might think oh my god you've you've gone nearly an hour here you're just finishing up the pod and you haven't really spoken about the players and that's because folks there's two months of this season left we'll have plenty of time to do that and we will um, this was more I think today about us but there's one guy I think we should and that's James Tavern there The skipper, the guy who's been here since 2015, highs, but a lot of lows, overcome some amazingly fierce criticism at times. If anybody deserves to go and pick up that trophy, it's him.
2: Yeah, for sure. And we're talking about the the value of this league win in our respective lifetimes and and how it ranks up there. I'd I'd almost put Tavernier as captain uh, within that. Is probably one of the greatest ever captains to be able to try and go through that just purely because of the fact that listen, you know, he could cut bait and 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 you know he could have headed off somewhere else if it wasn't going to get you know the the show on the road in terms of improvements. What we wanted to be able to try and see and how serious it was. I would be very very interested to hear as to whether or not how much the arrival of Gerard had within that factor for Tav. Because let's face it, the, the you know the talent that we've been able to attract. And some of it's cost money, we know that. Some of it's been, you know, absolute wonder spending within the market. A lot of it's to do with Steven Gerrard and what he can pull into that. And I think Tav has kind of stayed because of the fact that he's kind of felt as if it's a it's a responsibility. Uh, he knows that the captain sees, you know, a, a huge weight, that to have someone who within himself was a tremendous captain bestow that upon you and continue to encourage you, to continue to keep you within that role, but to move you on to such a notch You know, it's magnificent, and the fact that not only has he taken that challenge on, continued to be able to try and plough his trade at the club, but to look at the player that he's become now, um, and we're incredibly fortunate to have him. Let's not let's not ever you know forgo the fact that he's a tremendous footballer in terms of what he can deliver to us and how he totally totally fits within our style of play. I just think that overall he's seen as a massive influence within the dressing room. I, I think, you know, we mentioned beforehand about some of the players and stuff. I think each of us could pick five players apiece and make a very, very worthy argument for player of the season. For each of them, I genuinely don't know who will get player of the season. I think Tav should. Um, and been able to try and get it within such a fierce amount of competition just speaks volumes of, of what he's delivered for us this season. Um, I genuinely cannot think of another Rangers captain that I've ever seen who deserves to lift I, I, a trophy more than him because of everything that he's gone to in that space and I'm, I'm genuinely going to be very very tearful when I see
1: him do it And Cammy, if people want to pick up some 55 merch with Heart and Hands logo on it will they be able to? They will,
2: they will, we don't miss an opportunity to ship tat No, nope. as the saying goes as the Buy saying goes. some shite! Correct, absolutely we will cash that in, we've got loads of stuff folks, we've got mugs and keyrings and t-shirts and just anything you can think of phone cases as well for those clumsy around you i'm not looking at you mr ramsey um but if anyone wants to buy anything um david will tweet out on his social media feed uh, so you can get the link for it and stuff um it's all live now so please jump on we put it across the weekend and all that it's not quite on the website yet but we've got an alternate site that you can go into and david will uh put that on his social media feed as well
1: That'll do us for this uh, episode of Heart and Hand. Cammy will be back on Friday describing the uh, match against <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Prague, which is going to be very interesting indeed. Um, recovery sessions, I think, will be getting done in more ways than one. I think oh, you I think,
2: I think you might be playing goals in Thursday night, David.
1: Yeah, or? yeah. I, I think that as one of the few sober people, I think that that, that might be a, a shout. But uh, thanks to our producers in London, Mike Lee and Paul Myers. Thanks to my guests today. First of all, Andy McGowan.
3: Do you know, I say every week it's a pleasure, David, mm. So <laughs> this really is a pleasure. To Ian Hogg.
0: Likewise, it's a pleasure. Um, just want to take just a, a 30 seconds, David, that it's been very upbeat, very emotional and all the rest of it. Uh, this one is also for the bears that didn't quite make it all the way through.
1: To Martin Ramsey.
0: Thanks, David. Thanks, boys. Thanks,
4: listeners. And yeah, a wee shout out to all of our colleagues here um it's a good fun in this podcast but it's not always easy especially the last few years when things don't go well um and people got to stick their neck out in public and um yeah a wee word of appreciation
1: for our team absolutely and to cami bell
2: and thank you and, I, and i'm going to extend probably everyone listening to this and the four of us to say thank you to you david for always allowing us a platform to be able to do that over the last 10 years. I know that it's been tough, and we've had some strong conversations about whether or not we crack on with it or not, but you've allowed us the opportunity to do that. And we talk about family, and you brought us all together as a family, so thank you for that.
1: Thank you, bud. Um, Yeah, we do. And and listen, folks, uh, the emotions of the weekend are something that, I never felt before, and I don't think we ever will again. We'll we'll win more titles, we will, but I don't think we'll ever experience that rush again. So savour it, enjoy it, take it in. Uh, The journey that we've all been on has been traumatic, It has been incredibly difficult at, at periods, but we persevered. We did the things we said we would. We were the support we claimed to be, We were the ones who... And there were times where the greatness of our club was slipping away. There were times that people at the club were throwing the greatness of the club out because it suited them. But we kept it. We fought for it. And that's why today's show is for all of you. That's why this title, I believe, is for all of us. Because people come and go from football clubs, but we never do. I remember sitting in a meeting with Martin Bain one time. And I said that to him, I said, the difference between me and you is I'm going to be here in 20 years. So if you damage this club long-term, I'll be here to see it and you won't. And that came to pass, unfortunately, but we saw it through. But we saw it through to the end. And I've been very fortunate this season, being able to be there as your representative, and that's how I, I view it when I'm in the ground. But trust me, it's every emotion that you've spent in that stadium is soaked through the walls of it and it's been something that the players have called on time after time this season this title triumph is theirs but it's ours too and sometimes it feels like a cliche but other times it feels like the most appropriate phrase in the world and today's one of those we are the people take care everyone we'll talk to you again next week bye bye (laughs)